where you and I can connect. It's a show that embraces a 360-degree look at womanhood. It's our voice, our perspective. It's what we care about, and it's how we feel. Empowerment through conversation is what it is. This is Full Circle. Family, welcome to another edition of Full Circle. I'm your host, Ms. Wanda. So happy to be with you in the house today for another exciting episode of the show. We have got a great one for you today. This show actually has been probably, what would you say you went like three years in the making? We met like three years. Three years ago. First of all, I can't believe it's been three years ago (laughs) since we met. I know. And I remember you telling me about what you were doing and I was really fascinated and I'm so happy to see that it's like coming to fruition and Mm -hmm. that you and your husband are really doing this amazing work out in the community, helping us with healing and recovery, which is so so needed right now absolutely on so many levels so family we're going to have a great conversation today i'm going to jump right in and introduce you to today's guests uwim and keith ward founders of all made well recovery programs and coaching they are going to introduce themselves but family let me just tell you this if you or someone you know is in need of some healing and we all are on some level but if you are in need or you're ready to start that healing journey you would want to stay tuned for the entire show. Let me read a little bit of their bios, but I'm going to have them introduce themselves. So UML Ward is a founder and CEO, fiery visionary and self-love advocate who helps people own voice, heal and conquer their story and their purpose. She's a published author, a heartfelt public speaker, a domestic survivor advocate and a trained leader for Celebrate Recovery and an organization very near to my heart, the California Black Women's Health Project. Shout out to Sonia. Sonia and I spent some time (laughs) together yesterday. Shout out to the California Black Women's Health Project. Uh, Love the women there and the work that they're doing. Let me introduce to you family Keith Ward. He is the lead All Made Well coach for men and CFO. By day, he works as a strategic plant manager, but at night, family, let me tell you, this brother studies (laughs) Hebrew and biblical etymology and hermeneutics and i've heard of that and i'm probably saying it wrong but basically it's the the origin of words so you know like you'd be at church and in the past to be like in the greek it means this that's what keith does (laughs) (laughs) basically so let me introduce keith and um to the program and we are gonna um just get started so first of all thank you so much for being here thank you oh my goodness i am elated to be here man i have been thinking about you since we met Uh uh, what like you said three years ago and i'm like i'm not ready i'm not ready i think i might be ready i'm not ready i'm not gonna message her yet and then god literally just kept dropping you in my lap like here girl go ahead talk to her yeah and then we went to the galentine's yep we went to galentine's that's that's where we met yep (laughs) and it was all in his timing yep (laughs) and this time i was like yep i'm ready let's do it let's do it So, and Keith, uh, welcome. Yeah, welcome. Thank you, very to much. Um, you I want you to know you're in an elite group. 
because <laughs> full circle is, you know, it's for everyone, yeah. but of course it's aimed at women. But so we've had few males on the show. Oh, so awesome. you're part of an elite group. I'm honored. So you can Thank wear you. that badge with pride. Like <laughs> I was a man on full circle. <laughs> so introduce yourselves to the full circle family. Me first. Okay. Me first. Um, so yeah. Hi everybody. My name is Uwem. Um, Woo, introduce myself. This makes me super nervous because I do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the last 11 years, I was a homeschool mom. And then God decided that it was time for us to transition into a, a very different version of our marriage, which led us down a path of recovery. And I thought that God was you know, supposed to be fixing my husband. And God was like, mm-hmm. let me tell you, baby girl, we got some work to do with you, too. <laughs> And so, um, yeah, so like everything shifted from there. And so right now I am a recovery coach. Mm -hmm. I lead All Made Well. Um, I I am currently doing a group, uh, one of our programs, Me Made Well, which is a group for, um, it's for everyone. The group that I'm doing right now is for ladies and we meet on Thursday nights and that group is magical. I spend so much time, um, you know, brainstorming and thinking and to actually see these women changing right in front of me, seeing them, you know, touch the things that that they needed to touch and allow God into spaces where, you know, they were like, I don't know if I really want to bring that Mm. up. It is beautiful. Mm. Um, And doing it within community. That literally is where my whole heart is for all of this is is healing in community. And so that's that's what I'm doing now. Um, I am also a graphic designer. Side note, all of that is merged into All Made Well. <laughs> and it is all about, you know, finding that thing, that thing that God was like, I need you to do that. I need you to do that. Mm. Go do that thing and having the courage to go ahead and do it. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. So that's me. <laughs> that, that's that's really uh, just hearing how you were open to it. Uh, let me just be trans. The family knows I'm super transparent on the show maybe sometimes to a fault but i know that i've shared in in a book that i wrote a chapter in Mm -hmm. um that i was looking at my husband to be fixed like i was praying on my knees all the time like fix him and then when god turned the light on me it was like oh i was like wait a minute now okay so you know, but but being to being open to that, to yeah. knowing that it's not just your partner. Like yeah. I need to also look internally when we have right. these relationships, whether they're friendships, or or, or romantic mm-hmm. relationships, or whatever. If there's a breakdown, you know, we're we're quick to blame the other person because we don't want right. to see our own faults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just being open and saying not only. Am I open to hearing that maybe there's some things going on with me, but you did things about it. And so we'll Mm -hmm. go into that in a minute. But I want to make sure Keith introduces himself. (laughs) Well, thank you. Uh, Like I said, uh, my name is Keith Ward. Um, For me, I think my part in this journey is very much and journey is very important. Right. I am on a journey. Um, I it started with recovery from essay sexual addiction. But um, it then morphed into, I'm going to go from a misogynist to uh, egalitarian. Um, and I'm going to step away from a very fundamentalist church. I, I, as a background, I'm an, I was an associate minister um, at a church that we attended for nine years, heavily uh, fundamentalist very much about hierarchy, social structures, gender roles, and um, recovery led me away from that. Recovery led me to a group of men 
where we openly confessed our faults to one another and I just kept hearing in the back of my head, you will know them by their love for one another. And, and that was that first instance where God kind of broke me away from religion and invited me into relationship with mm -hmm. him. So that dramatically changed me and our relationship. And, and we'll talk about through certain excerpts and marriage made well, how just being able to hear the, the pain from another person is the best empathy medicine that you can ever gain and it restores that version of humanity that uh, we, we lose over time so um, you know that's the real me yeah I, I make money during the daytime I don't want to go into that because mm -hmm. that's boring but um, <laughs> the the God journey that's that's the exciting parts so those are the stories of legends so and thanks. you know we will talk <laughs> about the and what is it hermanet how do you say it hermeneutics hermeneutics yes yeah. we will talk about that too because <laughs> that's um that that's fascinating to be able to I think once you get because there, that's the point where basically all language comes from, right? Yeah, and I'm so like, once you get that understanding on on what those words really mean, if you're in a study, a place of recovery and healing, right. mm -hmm. and you're studying, yeah. like it gives you a whole another depth of understanding. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll get into that. All How right. did you guys meet? High school. <laughs> Junior year high school. <laughs> We're high school sweethearts. Aww. So we actually met, um, we saw each other at the same track meet um, in high school. It was winter track, indoor track. Yeah. Um, and he was, well, I'll tell my version first. So <laughs> so I was sitting on the floor with our team and, you know, doing homework, all the random junk that you do in between, you know, a eight-hour track meet and I look up at the start line and Keith was getting ready to start and all I, re I don't remember anybody else on the track nobody else existed Keith was gorgeous and I very you know subtly was he's super getting nervous I love it um, <laughs> but so I'm sitting there and I'm trying not to look like I'm staring at him but I legit stood up the moment the gunshot went off I stood up so I could watch him and his legs were Oh, amazing and so yeah and so I watched the race and I was like oh he is gorgeous and then nothing because we didn't know each other and I'm I, I was taught you know girls are not supposed to make mm -hmm. this first move so I was like oh well I guess I'll just not say anything and then later I found that he was on the same team as a friend of mine that I hadn't talked to in a while so I scurried Whoa, over to her <laughs> I scurried over to her and this was a few weeks later but I went over to her I'm like hey girl how you doing I haven't seen you in forever <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> and so she invited me to her birthday party so that we could meet. Because I was like, he's cute. What's his name? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. What's, what's, what's your version? My, my version of the story. So <laughs> I, I think it was after the race I had sat down. Because, like, when you're in a track meet, you have blankets and you set up, like, your little team's campsite. Mm -hmm. So our sites were right next to each other. So she was doing her homework and i was sitting down eating my snacks um and i remember her you know she had her white uh uniform on blue pants and oh, she was okay. just kneeling down doing her um homework and i just remember the the gleam of her hair and i was like oh my gosh who is she mm, okay and okay. you know my <laughs> My background, you know, so uh, I went to a, a, a very 
white school, right? There's probably maybe five or six black kids. Mm-hmm. And so I was conditioned to dating uh, white girls and, you know, so I had I had some swag there, but when it came to talking to a black girl, I was completely intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do. So I was, I totally just, I was like, hey, she's out of my league. Don't even bother with mm. it. And, um, so at the party we met, we flirted, we clicked for real. Um, you know, she tried to kill me with her, uh, her crab. Oh my gosh, really? That flung at me and <laughs> almost took out my neck. But, you know, um, it, but it took a I while. I had to go there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she was bugging her friend and I was bugging my friend. I'm like, can you get her number so I can call her? Aww. And we we're just trying to work through the networks and, and we finally... I finally got her number, finally gave her a call, and and it was history. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so eventually you married. Yep. And within coming to the marriage, you both brought your own issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's talk about that. Because that's, that's yeah. the basis for all of this that yeah. we're doing now. Yeah. So let's get into it. <laughs> so early on, um, dating was good in the beginning. And then we dated for six and a half years before we got married. Um, And so things started to get a little chaotic, I guess, Mm -hmm. when we were in college. And it was a mix of, you know, insecurity and, you know, self-doubt and, you know, do I really want to be with her? Am I really going to, like, are we ready for this? And, you know, just a lot of of questions. Um, And we didn't necessarily have... uh, healthy relationships around us to kind of guide us through that season. And so we broke up over and over and over. Um, And like short breakups, two weeks here, three days there. Um, But each time it was, you know, creating internal injury, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, it, it, for me, it fed into my self-doubt. The first time we broke up, he he didn't want to be in a serious relationship. We had been together for two years. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, um, what what does that mean exactly? (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we broke up. And I think that time, that time was probably a week. I don't remember. Yeah. I think it was about I'm a week sure. or so that we that we broke up that time. And But that was like the, the first time that like serious uh, emotional injury happened because I was first devastated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it, it was, it, like I said, it just, it fed into self-doubt where I was like, okay, well, I guess he doesn't want me. Mm-hmm. Okay. That sucks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was freshman year in college, so I was gaining weight. And so I just assumed that, oh, well, I'm getting weight. I'm getting bigger. So he must not like me anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, like, and it wasn't Mm -hmm. wasn't anything that he was doing or saying. It was just me and how I already was feeling. And then tacked on top of the fact that he was having, you know, uncertainty about whether or not he was ready for marriage. I mean, we were freshmen in college. Like, who's thinking about marriage freshman year in college? Mm -hmm. But we had been together for so long, it was necessary. I mean, like, it was on our mind and so um but yeah so all each broke each breakup you know was leading to me feeling more and more self-conscious and more and more uh unsure of me it wasn't that i was i wasn't i hardly ever looked at him like he was a bad guy i was just like oh he doesn't want me why doesn't he want me 
what did I do? Oh, I need to lose weight. I really, I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight. And so I, I, yeah, that's where my head was at. And so that's what I brought into the marriage. That's so crazy how we allow people's actions to feed our insecurities in a way Mm -hmm. that just, you know, makes us crazy. Mm -hmm. Like all the self doubt and things. And they haven't expressed any of that. It's all our own internal dialogue. Right. That that happens and that feeds into. Right. Because while that was going on in her mind, you know, I was getting counsel from people in my family and they're saying, oh, you guys are getting too serious. Mm-hmm. How do you know she's the one? Maybe you should look somewhere else. And, you know, some influential people that I looked up to for the majority of my life were saying these things. And so, um, you know, I think one of the things that I struggled growing up with was insecurity. So not having a good sound confidence of my own opinion and my own thought. And because of that, their words carried so much weight. Mm -hmm. And so I remember walking through the halls at high school and I tried to imagine, you know, just a a parallel universe where we weren't together and weren't dating. And I just remember tearing up and getting real upset about it because I'm like, why would I break up with someone that I love? But everyone around me kept saying, you know, you're getting too serious, you need to date around. And and so I, I let those words get to the best of me and then that was it. And we, we broke up for no good reason. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. And, um, and so it's just interesting, you know, and that kind of leads into the book because, you know, when you talk about relationships, yes, we were together for so long, but we had a certain level of intimacy, but we don't, we didn't have the level of intimacy that we have now because mm-hmm. those thoughts that were playing in our heads, you know, if we would have talked those things through, mm-hmm. we would have came out with a totally different conclusion. But she was in her world and I was in mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting, too, how, again, people's opinions will jack your world up. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. You're getting too serious. How do you know what's best for me? <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, you know, and that happens all the time, especially in families. Mm-hmm. And they see someone, you know, especially when you're young mm-hmm. and they yeah. see someone, you know, getting really serious. And, oh, no, you need to play the field. You need to do right. this. You need to exp- have these experiences. Right. But we don't know what God has for us. Right. Right. God could introduce us to that, to our person at 12. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but let people, <laughs> but let people talk us out of it, right? Because of their own experience, exactly. experiences, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. So then you guys, so you broke up, broke up on and off and on and off, and then you get married. Did you still have those struggles in the marriage? I think things got more complicated because, like I mentioned before, we. I started attending a a fundamentalist, Uh very strict church, very much about women. They they said things like women are equal, but they have different roles. What Mm -hmm. they really meant was men are in charge and women are not. Yeah. (laughs) That screwed up our marriage. Mm. Yeah. That because number one, again, impressionable young person wants to please God. Um, I thought what they were teaching was true, mm-hmm. and I thought that was coming from God in the Bible. And I'm like, okay, so I need to be the leader. And I'm like, I don't feel much like a leader, but I need to be a leader. Mm-hmm. So now you have a very young man, you ha- and you're 
filling his head with he's the leader, the husband's the head of the home, she's supposed to be submissive, mm-hmm. and now you're you're forcing yourself into this 1950s version of gender roles and it was toxic for our relationship and our you know prior to the 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 family members advice and the influence of this you know misogynistic church um our relationship would have been fine mm-hmm. but these things just swarmed <laughs> us like bees and yeah. And it just distorted everything. Yeah. It yeah. really did. And what was pure and what was good just became really complicated. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, with our last breakup, I told him, don't call me. <laughs> I was, I think it was probably like number six or number seven, something like that. And I was like, look, I'm done. We're not doing this anymore. This is this is too much. And growing up, my mom, my mom was a single mom. And then my mom was in a lesbian relationship. So what that did for me was that it taught me to be a really strong woman <laughs> mm-hmm. and to to listen to myself. Mm-hmm. And so when I started feeling like that insecurity, like explosive inside of me, I was like, this is not good. This doesn't feel good. I don't like this. And so I told him with the last breakup, don't call me ever again. <laughs> and I was like, I, actually, I think it was the last time we got back together. I said, you break up with me one more time. Don't call me again. Were you married at this point? Or this no, this was, this, this was before, before we got married. married. Okay, all right. Um, and so with after that breakup, when we got back together, um, that was only because he called my mom. <laughs> and begged and pleaded and he, said, what he, do I need to he do? Got it in. He got it in with my mom. Um, and my mom was like, oh, I'm just talk to him. And I'm like, okay, fine. And so we got back together. And that was the last breakup. After that, we got engaged probably, what, like a year later or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess for me, in my mind, I was thinking once we were engaged, it was like that part was over. Yeah. And it was like, well, no. He like, I mean, he's clearly chosen me. We should be fine now, right? And so um, I feel like emotionally, I was stuffing all of that you know, emotional trauma from that season. And I was like, but he's chosen me now, so it doesn't matter. We're not going to talk about it. It's over. And I tucked it away. Mm-hmm. And so the insecurity was definitely still there because I did not stop gaining weight. I was continuing to gain weight. It was college. I was stressed. Seven breakups. Like, there was a lot going on during those years. And so I wasn't 135 pounds like I was when we met on the track team Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so in my mind I still had that same dialogue I was like I really really need to lose weight I really need to lose weight and it's crazy to me because I did not realize what I was telling myself then you know and it took you know a couple of like a decade but a decade of that kind of self-talk and stepping into recovery spaces to finally hear what i was saying to myself back then yeah um because i didn't realize it i was just i was tucking those emotions and patting them away i'm like no we're fine everything's fine everything's fine we're good no we're good we are happily married everything is perfect even though He's having issues with this hierarchy that he's got in his mind, and I'm like, yeah, but I'm 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 smart too. Like, why do you get to lead? But okay, <laughs> yeah. She if if the Bible me if, in school, <laughs> if the Bible says so, then we'll do it. But I don't get it. But okay, right. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But that yeah, like you said, like the the dynamic that um, that we were being taught in church culture was what really just kind of like ripped the healthy parts of us Mm. apart 
And like we we were really good <laughs> before yeah. all the other stuff. Yeah. We had yeah. a beautiful relationship when we were dating, especially right. in the beginning. It was we were really good. And so it's like it's it makes it that much harder, you know, looking back. I'm like, man, if we hadn't listened to anybody, we'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and don't take this the wrong way. I'm, I'm still a Christian and everything, but even sex was less complicated yeah. before <laughs> we got <laughs> married. Got before we got married, Look, and before we got introduced to the church, yeah. it, it was just, uh, things were just more simple and yeah. less complicated. And and then so she talked about the things that she was stuffing her insecurities. I was stuffing my sexual addiction. I was stuffing mm-hmm. my trauma. Um, and all that, we're just packing away. <laughs> and we're just trying to be a new, uh, a newly married couple. And, um, and all that stuff eventually comes out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, it's weird the way that, you know, you talked about how those voices were playing, but you couldn't hear them. Mm-hmm. Um, they were and they were constantly reciting but because they've been there for so long it's almost mm-hmm. like they just fade into the background yeah, yeah and then they start to manifest in your in your behaviors and mannerisms and your interactions right. with one another and um i guess god works it out one way or the other to bring it to our attention yeah and in yeah, our story it, it was a painful awakening but it was it was very needful. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go to that awakening because I want to find out what that thing was that really catapulted you into recovery when we come back from the break. Right. Family, thank you so much for joining the program. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. You do not want to go anywhere. You want to continue to stay and listen to this conversation with my guests, Owem and Keith Ward, founders of All Made Well Recovery Programs and Coaching. Keep it right here, family. We'll be right back after this. Show your support for the show by liking and sharing our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5. It's not just talk when you put it into action. Empowering women through conversation with Miss Wanda. All right, family, we are back in conversation with my guests, Wem and Keith Ward founders of All Made Well Recovery Programs and Coaching. Before we went on the break, we talked about how, um, you know, you had you both had struggled in relationship, but the relationship started out beautifully. But when these outside influences came in, then that's when the relationship, you started questioning yourselves, started having self-doubt. A lot of the insecurity started raising up because of the outside influence of right. others and of the church. And then you got married and you brought those same struggles and then some with you into the marriage. What was that point? And I'm gonna read exactly what I wrote down. How long did you struggle in your marriage until you finally got to the point where something's gotta give, I've got to do something? Well, let's see, we got married in 2006 Mm -hmm. and 2013 is when God- Who hit the fan? (laughs) Yeah, the poop hit the fan, and uh, God just said, nope, we ain't going this way anymore. Uh So what is that, seven years? Yeah. Yes, but I wouldn't say that we were necessarily struggling in our marriage. Like, unfortunately, it was relatively superficial. We were were doing well Mm surface-wise. But like Keith mentioned uh, earlier, 
we didn't have this level of intimacy with each other. And so I was struggling quietly in my own head. He was struggling quietly in his own head. While we were together, we were fine. Um, and then things kind of started to get a little bit more complicated as we started having children and emotions started getting a little hotter. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but before that, I mean, it was it was kind of just normal, mundane, but not super deep, I guess. Does that Makes sense. Yeah, I would I would definitely say that kids were a catalyst, that additional source of pressure and stress. Mm-hmm. Um, we began to fight a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, the pregnancy of our first kid, um, <laughs> there's so many broken glasses. Oh my goodness. <laughs> No. Your girl so, has a little bit of a temper when I'm pregnant. I don't yeah, like it. I'm super emotional, yes. Yeah. Um, and so with that pregnancy, and it's <laughs> funny thing, I've realized that with pregnancy, for me, all of my children's personalities were like coming out, like leaking out of me while I was pregnant with them. And my oldest is my hothead. And so the combination of his hotheadness and my hotheadness all within my body it was explosive. <laughs> it was it was so intense. But yeah, so like so we fought a lot during yeah. that pregnancy. Um but I think it was probably all of the other things like I I can't I I don't stuff well when I'm pregnant. Yeah. And so with each pregnancy, whatever I was holding on to started to come out. Mm. And so with that pregnancy, it was anger. With my next pregnancy, I, I don't know. I think I was pretty calm with that one. Um, with my third pregnancy, I was crying about everything. And that was actually where the recovery journey began was with my third pregnancy. It's funny how you struggled in your marriage. And you were, <laughs> well, you were individually struggling. Right. But yeah. together, you... Sh- you showed this united front exactly everything is all well right Mm -hmm. like a lot of couples do yep they front for the camera but when you get home it's a whole different thing under that right and so but you you continue to have kids you continue to almost feel like and correct me if i'm wrong like you're forcing this thing even though you were struggling it's like we're we're, we're gonna make it work we're gonna you know oh, be yeah. parents mm-hmm. and and do all of that what was that like for you that time of knowing that you're individually struggling but still trying to do the family thing of mm-hmm. how you know what we're what's expected of a family and a young yeah. couple and do all the things yeah i think f- for me um the pregnancies were, they were beginning to, to highlight how, how bad and how strong my addiction to sex was. Hmm. And it's such a triggering moment when we see, you know, church couples and they have large kids and then the first inclination is like, he's got a porn addiction. It's like, <laughs> um, it's like my, my that that porn addiction really was uh, that driver because i remember this this one moment you know we had just had in our, our our first and i was almost like pressuring her bugging her so that we could get back to sex mm. and it didn't matter if it was comfortable for her it didn't matter if it was too soon for her it didn't matter if she didn't have enough time to really just cherish this firstborn son that she had my 
my needs in quotes was driving an action and that that led to hey we're we're pregnant again yeah and um so that part of me and it you talk about jacked up so it was that 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 addiction but then on top of that i'm the head of the house and on Mm -hmm. top of that the bible says you're not supposed to deny me Mm -hmm. so you know we need to do this and so that type of poison was poured all over the the childbirth years of our marriage that was Mm -hmm. abuse Mm -hmm. um and I'm surprised we made it through that um, because I think it was our third son, and that was around 2013. That pregnancy, that's that's when it was like, okay, this this is enough, and that same behavior had not changed. Except now, in 2013, I was a complete a hole. Mm. On top of that, she was in pain, she was hurting, and I was like, the house is messy. When are you going to cook? And I was just, I was the worst that I've ever been. Mm-hmm. And it, it was kind of like our marriage was beginning to reach its rock bottom. It was, for me, um, when <laughs> there was that moment when, um, and I'm fast forwarding too much, but, you know, when w- one night she walked out the door, um, in my head I was like, I don't think we're going to make it this time. You know, I I think it might be over. And for me, I was like, that's largely my fault because of all the, the past trauma that I brought into the relationship Mm -hmm. that was, that was coped with, with porn and, and all this other stuff that led to pregnancies happening sooner than she wanted. And maybe we were ready for because of my quote needs and my headship. So I think that definitely broke the dam wide open. Keith, thank you. Thank you for just being so open and sharing that to hear like, no, these are the things that I struggle with that I brought into it. And this is what it looked like. When did you develop the porn? Like the porn was the porn addiction something that you came into the marriage with, or you developed as you were newly married or or within marriage? No, it came into the into the relationship. Um, I think I was first introduced by my best friend, the son of a Lutheran pastor. He's like, "Hey, let's go into the woods. I got something to show you." And he showed me my first Playboy magazine. And my life wasn't the same after that. Yeah. Um, that became my way of coping with stress in my life. And if I couldn't grab that, it was, you know, a lingerie ad. And it was, it just became all consuming. And was, there was no other positive way for me to handle the stress that was happening in Little Keith's world uh, besides expressing it through this action. And what was an individual technique to kind of get through um, my childhood just trinkled its way into our marriage. Yeah. And though I struggled with it, and I had so many scriptures in my head, and I prayed every night, and I failed every time, and suicide 
came up and I was just like, I can't stop this. Something's wrong with me. But there was no safe place for me to talk about it, Mm -hmm. for me to get help uh, through it because no one in the church struggles and no one has these type of issues. And the few people that I did reach out to, they're just like, hey, be praying for you. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, all that just went into our marriage. And, again, we were just on an island, figure this out on our own because there's no one else that we could reach out to and talk Mm -hmm. to. Yeah. So you are a complete nightmare as a husband. Yeah. She's having kids and going through her own emotional, you know, her body's changing and all of the hormones and different things, plus raising children and doing all the things. She walks out the door and you're like, mm, it's it's over. What was that the point where you were like, OK, either it's over or I'm going to do something about it. And then is that where when you went to to start your recovery journey? Actually, we had started <laughs> our recovery journey. He, he actually skipped a couple steps in yeah. there. We might want to rewind yeah. and, and Let's rewind do a little playback. <laughs> and it's understandable to be in your recovery journey and have something snap and be oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. Uh, do you remember the Love Dare, that, mm-hmm. that book and oh, movie? Yeah, I remember, I, remember I bought that, right? And I, I was, gonna I was married at the time. And I'm, okay. I'm doing my journal. And one day I was so furious with my, my ex-husband. I was so furious at the time. I threw that book across the room <laughs> and I was like, forget love. Like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. So there's times when even though we think yeah. we're on a journey, yeah. until we really give that up to God yeah. mm-hmm. however that looks like for us we're going to keep having those stumbles and stumbles and stumbles right. so for you sure. are on the journey yeah we were in the situation. midst of the journey <laughs> so so in in 2013 I was pregnant with our third son uh-huh. um like I said, that was a very emotional uh, pregnancy. I felt it from the very beginning that I was that this was I felt heavy, like emotionally heavy. Um, and we we went to go visit family and there was an experience there where God decided that he was going to wake me up out of codependency and remind me of the fire that I was born with. <laughs> and <laughs> so there for years before that, I had been silencing and tucking and quieting and trying to be the meek and gentle and silent wife. Silent, 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 silent. And um, that that trip was where um, God reminded me of who I actually was made to be. Mm-hmm. And I won't go into details for the sake of the family that we love. Yes. But um, you won't let me say my favorite quote. <laughs> You're not. God, you're not God. <laughs> All right. Anyways, we won't go into that. I'm so mad at you. <laughs> I love, I love this man. Anyway, so I apparently blacked out during that moment of me having a little bit of a tantrum. Um, totally justified though. But <laughs> my husband reminded me that I, I yelled, uh, "You're not God," at, who, at whoever I was yelling at, and. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> oh man, I'm praise God that we can laugh about that now because right. that was traumatic. Oh, yeah. Very traumatic. Um within that it involved us leaving um in the middle of the night on a holiday to take uh me pregnant with our two toddlers um to a hotel at two thirty in the morning on Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was very bad. Um but during that that experience, um <laughs> I wanted Keith to be 
the the overbearing leader protector fight for my family take everybody out slay the giant like all of that and he couldn't because of his experiences he wasn't able to be that and so in that moment i was like okay so i have to be that and and that's what i mean by you know god allowed me to remember who i am because mm. my mom raised me to be strong and not and my mom raised me to be strong in the you know the strong black woman sense mm-hmm. but god created me with strength right and and there was so much of me that i had been tucking away and and trying to diminish because I didn't, I wanted Keith to be the leader. I wanted him to look good in front of other people. And so I made me smaller mm-hmm. so that he could look and feel bigger, right? And so when when that, that, that role and that dynamic was not serving me anymore, that was when I was like, you know what? This is not going to work. Mm-hmm. We're not doing this anymore. If I need to be this person, I can be this person. And so it, it definitely came out very uh, intense during that pregnancy. Um, but it was, I'm thankful for it because it, it was it was that moment that God was like, you were never made to be small. Yeah. <laughs> you were never made to be small. And in trying to make you small is what is stressing you out. Mm. So we're just going ahead and bust this thing wide open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, it was, that was the beginning of the healing journey. And it got super ugly after that. Um, we we were definitely fighting a lot during that pregnancy. Um, I Like I said, I was crying all the time, but I was also <laughs> somewhat volatile. Um, and I told, or no, I, I actually went, started going to a therapist. Um, I made the appointment with a, a marriage therapist and I told Keith about it. And I'm like, I'm going to a therapist. If you want to come, you can come. I don't care, but I'm going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my, in and my mind said at the time, I was like, we don't need therapy. We can fix this on our own, mm-hmm. i.e. I don't want anyone to know about no. this exactly. crap that's happening in our house. Right, yeah. And I strategically chose a fellow minister who knew us and knew him. And I knew, um, uh, shout out to the ladies who do the things in the background. I knew that my husband was going to go because of pride. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I made this appointment knowing that his pride would not allow him to not go because now this guy's going to know things and he would want to know what he knows. Right. And he came. And so that was the beginning of us going to therapy. And it was... It was it was interesting. Um, I adored that therapist. Keith hated him. <laughs> I thought he was he called me out. On I thought that yeah, man that right? man was straight magical. I was like, you are everything I needed because I would just sit there quietly. And he's like, well, Keith, what did you do? Well, Keith, you need to do this. And well, Keith, oh, well, how about this? Make a list of everything you want Keith to do. <laughs> and I'm like, I love Ooh. him. <laughs> But didn't like that he he was holding him to the fire mm-hmm. and calling him into the 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 role that he was claiming to be yeah. carrying, but wasn't carrying it in house. Like in our home, he was not leading and strong and protective and all of those things. He was overbearing, um, and he ha- he was demanding, right? And so he was he was pointing those things out um and he was saying it in words that were so much stronger than i would ever say because he could and and there were there were some days when like we would be sitting there and he would say something i'm like oh crap i have to ride home with him are you serious right yeah, now those rides home were quiet <laughs> those <laughs> rides home were rough <laughs> because he was unearthing things yeah. that we had spent 
a lot of years burying, it. burying mm-hmm. right? Um, and so that that was the beginning. But at that point, I didn't know anything about the porn addiction. I knew nothing about the porn addiction. I was just angry, and he was just not good to be around. <laughs> so like we're we're battling each other, but we I had no idea what was you know what was under the surface, and so <laughs> there was this yeah. um, young uh, couple that actually the the husband came to me, and he he's like, my wife and I we keep having these these uh, these fights and everything, and. And I was like, well, that's because you're you're stepping on some grenades that you didn't know that were buried. And mm-hmm. you're fighting each other on different timelines and parallels uh, because, you know, I had an addiction. She had insecurities. Uh, she was angry, but angry for a lot of reasons. And I wasn't conscious of those reasons because I was cloudy and denial and wasn't really there. So we weren't fighting uh, a fair war. It was mm-hmm. it was very confused, very. and um, you know we started doing the separate counseling with the the counselor, and she s- sat with him, and I sat with him, and then it was during one session um, he asked me just point blank, he's like, Keith, are you um, do you watch pornography? Hmm. And I just paused for probably about 30 seconds, I didn't say anything. My heart was racing, uh, my pulse was going nuts. And in the in the back of my head, I was like, you've been wanting help. Mm. And he's offering you help. If you don't say anything now, you may not get another chance. So mm-hmm. I just blurted it out, I was like, yes. And um, he's like, well, let's get you clean. And um, so I, I tried sobriety for 30 days and th- the first time didn't work. And then he kept putting the pressure on and the heat and didn't hold me accountable. And the second 30 days I was able to, to go. And then um, he helped me through my first 12 months. But for me, because I didn't understand what was driving it, the use, the need for that addiction, um, I was just white knuckling it. And things were kinda getting better, but when went back to stuffing in 2016, um, and I was white knuckling it and trying to deal with the stressors in life without returning to my, my safety blanket. Mm-hmm. And, um, she got pregnant. That's <laughs> God's catalyst. And I got emotional. <laughs> and so sex was off the table during that year, and it was just not like, the whole year, not, man. Hey, well, in my head, <laughs> the whole year. It was literally like two months years, after the girl was born. 50 Come on, long years. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're a mess. <laughs> but it was a catalyst. Because God was like, you're not dealing with this, Keith. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is not healing. This is not recovery. So I relapse. And I didn't just relapse. I relapsed on the down low. I didn't tell her about it. Mm. And she found out about it because I started going to Celebrate Recovery. And then Celebrate Recovery, you know, you, you get up and you share your testimony after you, you earn some chips after so many days of sobriety. And I talked about it and 
she had to learn about it that way. Mm-hmm. So that was another can of uh, explosives in our relationship. That was when the walkout happened. Okay. Um, and it was like I didn't pack up. I wasn't leaving, leaving, but um, I found out about the relapse. It was five months after it happened. And that day, I learned that my best friend had gotten a divorce and I didn't know about it. She didn't tell me. Um, I learned that my husband had relapsed and lied about it or didn't tell me. Um, and I learned that the only reason I was learning about it was because chip night was coming and I was about to find out tomorrow anyway. Mm. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me right now. So it was just like, I remember I was having like this, this whirlwind of emotions. He's at work. I'm at home with our four kids. I've got a baby who's five months old. And I'm like, this is not or eight months, something like that. But I'm like, this is, this is, this cannot be my life. Like, what is happening right now? Mm-hmm. So I held it together for the kids. Like, I mean, I mean, I let them do pretty much whatever they wanted that day. Mm-hmm. And the moment Keith got home, I was like, bye. I did not say anything else. I just walked out the door and I left. This was like, I don't know, probably like 10 o'clock at night. Normally, I don't go anywhere at 10 o'clock at night. And so I could see the terror in his eyes. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I was like, I, I don't care. Sit in your in your terror. I was so so angry, and so I left. Um, but I had nowhere to go, and I was so angry about that too. And I'm like, how is it that like I've been in this church for this long and I have nowhere to go? Mm-hmm. I don't have a friend I can call right now because you don't talk about these things with their preacher or about their preacher. So I have nowhere to go. So I'm driving and I'm fuming. Like I I legit was just screaming at God. And so I ended up parking in a Walmart parking lot. I had like one of my betrayal trauma books next to me. Um, And so I started thumbing through the books after I finished screaming and praying and screaming and crying and praying some more. And I'm thumbing through the book and I got to this one page and and I don't remember what the page actually said, but what God used the book to tell me (laughs) was not to over victimize myself. And I was like, I am the victim. What do you mean not over-victimize myself? <laughs> so I'm sitting in my car angry and arguing with God. And what the what I now recognize as God was telling me, he was like, yeah, this is bad. Yes, he was wrong. He's had experiences too. You've had experiences too. And you cannot make yourself the victim, therefore making him the enemy, the perpetrator, the victim, I mean, the the bad guy, right? And so I sat with that for a minute and I was super annoyed (laughs) with God because I'm like, right now, like, this is the moment you need to teach me this lesson. But I sat with it and I was like, okay. If we're going to move forward, we can't move forward on his back. If we're going to move forward, I'm not going to be the betrayed and him the betrayer. Mm -hmm. We can't move forward like that. Because my parents were divorced. His parents are still together. Neither one of us had healthy relationships to look at or an example of healing to look at. And so I was like, we can't do this because we've got kids that are looking at us in this moment. And that was like, God was putting all these pieces together. And I'm like, I don't yeah. want us to move forward unhealthy. Right. Yeah. Like if we're going to do this, we're going to do it. We're going to do it well. And we're going to come out on the other side totally different. 
I have no clue what that looks like, but it's we can't be here because I can't do this forever. And so when I went home, I was still angry, but I was definitely calmer. (laughs) Um, And that night or the next day we were talking and I told him, I'm like, but before you go there. Yeah. So she was out screaming at God and yelling and (laughs) was there thunderstorms too and (laughs) raining. (laughs) <laughs> definitely but, felt like there should have been, but no. But um, I, I secretly think that I'm Storm from X Men. I'm like <laughs> lightning bolts. <man. laughs> I was with my brothers at Celebrate Recovery, and and I told them um, what had happened and mm-hmm. um, about the phone call, and I I remember everyone just kind of circling around me. Everyone laid hands, and um, they were praying, and there's never been a more powerful moment where I've seen God hear prayers and then act. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was no, there was no more abasement. Um, I was, I was at ground floor and um, there was more, there was never more earnest prayers that were coming out of those men's mouth. Mm-hmm. And, and then the next morning, then you can. <laughs> yeah. So, his meeting was before he came home that night, so before I left. And so the next morning when we were talking, I came to him. And and if you've ever had a moment when, like, you're doing something, but on the inside you're like, who the heck is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was what this moment felt like inside of my body. But I hugged him, and I was like, your sins are no worse than mine. And it was like... I, I believed what I was saying and I, I was totally present in the moment. But at the same time, I'm like, this is so much more spiritually mature than I feel like I'm ready for. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it was a little bit of an internal battle, but I'm like, your sins are no worse than mine. If we're going to move forward, we are going to be we on the other side of this. Yeah. And I don't want you to be bad guy, whatever. And then me be the victim. Like we are us this this is us right and so yeah that was that was a huge 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 moment for us and so it was at that point that he shared about you know his his uh recovery brothers wrapping him in prayer and i'm Mm. like okay god answered that one fast (laughs) because yeah my i that's not the headspace i was in when i left that night yeah We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to dive into All Made Well and how others can start their healing or continue their healing journey with your help. Keep it right here, family. This is Full Circle. We'll be right back after this. Like what you hear? Drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. And she is back, empowering you with knowledge and wisdom. This is this Full, is Full Circle. Circle. I'm your host, Ms. Wanda. Ms. Wanda. Have a wonderful conversation with Oem and Keith Ward, founders of All Made Well Recovery Programs and Coaching. We just got to the point where we're talking about, Keith, you were in Celebrate Recovery, and you guys are finally in this place where, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to save our family. We're going to go for it. We trust God to, to get us to where we need to be. And now you're here. <laughs> now you and, and and we skipped a lot, but and now you're here, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know, you you have all made well. Yeah. You have me made well, marriage made well, church made well, which 
Okay. Yeah, that's a whole nother show. But you got to this place where you finally came to to your own healing, individually right. and as a mar- as a as a couple. And then what I know, you know, obviously your life birthed all made well, but what was the thing that finally made all made well come to fruition? Like we want to help others. Because we've gotten to a place. So originally, I I wrote Marriage Made Well. Um, literally, I wrote it while we were healing. Um, and so it is, it's a lot. It's it's totally not polished because it was just what, whatever God was teaching us is what I put in there. Um, and in my mind, I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna write this, and that'll be it. And we were at at that point, we were leaders in Celebrate Recovery um, and we were we were watching God do incredible things with that program. Um, And then my journey collided with a white leader um, who had not addressed his issues with black women in leadership. Mm. And it it did not go well. he and I, we butted heads um, because I was trying to protect the women that were under my leadership. And he was, you know, saying things like, well, ladies, you know, we know it's getting hot outside. So, you know, we want you guys to cover up so that our brothers aren't struggling. And I'm like, yo, you don't have the right to tell these women what to wear. What is wrong with you? Yeah. They're here to heal. I don't care what your issues are. Mm-hmm. Talk to the men about right. dealing with their junk. Yeah. Tell them not to be, you know, predators. Like, talk to them. Right. That's your, stay in your lane, basically. Right. right. <laughs> and so, um, but because I had come from a misogynistic church, this was super triggering. And because it had flared up, you know, my my very protective nature, um, shout out to those who understand Enneagram, I am an Enneagram 8. What that means is I like to fight when I feel like people need to be protected. And so, <laughs> and so him and I, we went, we butted heads super hard. And um, because he... Uh, he had positional leadership there, and um, the leadership was not concerned about stepping into that experience, I guess. They basically decided with him. Mm-hmm. And so we left. We, Our whole family, we left CR. We were like, you know what, this is not going to work for us because it doesn't feel safe anymore. Yeah. Um, and so we left, and that was um, at the tail end of 2019. And so 2020 comes along and I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Um, Okay, well, I guess I'm going to do marriage made well because I got nothing else to do. And I I had been praying about this for months. I'm like, when am how am I going to start this group if I'm leading in Celebrate Recovery? Mm -hmm. And yeah, so then 2020 happens and the entire world is shut down. I'm like, oh, well, I guess I can start this since (laughs) everybody's at home anyway. (laughs) And so I started, or I attempted to start, and there was no traction whatsoever. Absolutely none. There was one couple that reached out to us. (laughs) Stop it. There was one couple that reached out to us, and it was so, like, I I forgot, um, I forgot how difficult it was for us to get started (laughs) because I was willing to jump in. Keith was not. Mm -hmm. And so this couple came and the guy was like, yeah, yeah, we want to do this. And his wife was like, wait, he said we need what? Why do we need to do that? I don't think there's anything wrong with us. I mean, I've been Mm -hmm. I've been divorced for three times, but that doesn't mean that we need help. And I'm like, whoa, okay, I um, I I don't think that's what he was. (laughs) 
and <laughs> crash and burn. And so we never, we never heard from them again. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> and so from there, um, you know, I start as 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 the world was imploding. I started seeing all of my recovery friends because I stayed in contact with all of them. I started seeing all of my recovery friends relapse here sleeping around here, struggling here, more relapse, not going to meetings, not online meetings, like not doing anything recovery related. I'm just literally watching my whole community implode. And I was like, you know what? There's definitely something missing because I there were there were struggles that I had in CR, things that I um, that I didn't like um, necessarily, but like not that I didn't like there were things that didn't meet my needs I guess and so so that was when I started looking at it I'm like okay well maybe I can change it okay God what do you want me to do um and so I started thinking about it but then I decided to start a Facebook group and so I started a Facebook group for me made well and in my head I was like I'm gonna make a program I don't know how to make a program how do you make a program how do, do I need to be certified somewhere like how does this work and so I just started doing it um, and then it, it evolved into uh, me made well and then um, from there it was just you know like I went to a celebrate recovery conference uh, in 2019 as well and I noticed that all of the leadership were all white like white the whole thing and and I was like okay this doesn't feel like the place to handle racial trauma mm -hmm. and so then tacking like I'm pulling in all these little pieces you know throughout 2020 and then um Trump was elected or the re-election no yeah was, uh, the whatever re-election what re-election in 2020 and I was like Okay, so everybody that I know is traumatized by Trump being in office. Like, there's just, there's so much happening. And so, All May Well was kind of birthed out of me just observing all of these needs that all of the things that I had didn't address. You know, there wasn't a place for, in, that felt safe to deal with racial trauma. There wasn't a place that felt like they were dealing with misogynistic environments to say, look, this is bad. We're not going to do this anymore. Um, and so, so that was the beginning. I was like, How do I want to, I want to create that. And so that was the beginning for All Made Well. Um, and so now it's a place where we are willing to go wherever God wants to take it. And the way that he has taken us, <laughs> I, I'm excited to see where he's going to take this because mm -hmm. it's in my mind, it is so much bigger than what it is right now. I am, I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited to see where it goes because I know what God is capable of, um, at least in, in the little version that he's shown me so far. And so, I don't know. Tell us about the program, about the programs. <laughs> okay, so Me Made Well is a 24-week uh, recovery program that takes people through a journey um, to own it, voice it, heal it, and find your purpose and conquer it. Um, with my journey, I walked into recovery because I was angry, right? And of course, people talk about anger as if it's nothing. Anger is a big deal when it is ruling you and it's controlling the way that you think and move and function and relate to people. And so I was ruled by anger, you know, during that time. And so God healing that was like, oh, okay, now I can see clearly Okay, so now I realize that I was hurting. Okay, well, why was I hurting? So now I'm dealing with this trauma and this thing that happened. Oh, I'm upset because my dad left when I was four and it makes me feel abandonment issues and all of these different, like the, the healing onion, basically. Mm -hmm. And so the first step of getting to that 
is identifying what is it like what is it that you're dealing with today and that's going to change but you got to own it you got to have to at some point you have to say you know what yep this is my life this is my journey this is real right that was one of the things i struggled with with our marriage i was like no 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 how am i married to someone who's addicted to porn this is not okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like being able to own it and say this is a part of my story and that's okay That was a big deal. And so that's the first piece. And then from there, having a space where it's safe to voice it, to say, yes, I am angry because my husband is struggling with porn and I feel betrayed. You can't just say that anywhere, right? right? It doesn't feel comfortable to say that anywhere in that season. In that moment, you need a safe space. That's what all Made Well groups are all about, creating spaces for people to go there and say that thing, right? Heal it. This is where it gets uh, uncomfortable for the control freaks and really exciting for those who love God and know what he's capable of because the healing part, that's God's job. Mm. I am not a healer in that sense. I, I, I create spaces for God to do what he does. I make people safe knowing that God can do what he can do, but it's God that does the healing. Like, And I, and I tell my people that all the time. I'm like, look, I love you. Mm. I am here for you. I am supporting you, but I am not in charge of your healing. I have no idea where God is about to take this, but I will absolutely hold your hand through the journey. Yeah. And so from there, who knows? <laughs> and I, I think like the, the healing component, something happens when you get a group of people together mm-hmm. and they're voicing some of the most painful and scary episodes of their life. You get a window into that. and they get a window into your pain. For me, what happens there is not just empathy, but you get to see yourself in their story. Mm -hmm. And number one, it points out areas of your own journey where, oh, I need to heal that, right? And number two, it gets rid of that judgmental, that, hierarchy where it says I'm better than you Mm -hmm. we all come to the same level it creates this equity amongst everyone and we can just see each other as human beings that are trying to make it through this life that is that is traumatic and painful and has good moments too but Mm -hmm. you know we're here because of the pain that we've experienced in our lives and that leads into that that healing step. You you can't heal alone. I guess that's yeah. the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, because we're all so used to not sharing our pain, mm-hmm. we don't even know what community can be, mm-hmm. right? And like it is it is so mind-blowing um how powerful a healthy community can be. So, during our journey, we were struggling and my two best friends were struggling at the same time in their marriages. Both of them have gotten divorced and none of us have ever talked about it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, while we were struggling, they were both in their own worlds. I knew nothing about what was going on in their worlds, but they, for whatever reason, didn't feel safe to talk to me about it. 
right? And so when I think about friendship and brotherhood and sisterhood and you know how you how, how you relate to your parents and you know what's what's the pic- family picnics are like and we have all of these people around us but do we really have the kind of community where if i'm having the worst moment if i am literally thinking about leaving my husband today can i come to your house and like actually have a conversation that might help me in that moment because a lot of times what we find are like the people that are people that are giving advice out of their brokenness are going to mm. lead you down a bad path because they're giving you advice out of their brokenness. Say that again for the people <laughs> in the back. Yes. <laughs> so true. And like and that was our story. We were getting advice as young couple in love from people that were giving us advice out of Mm. their brokenness Mm. their marriages were struggling because they got married young so they looked at us like no no no, don't get married young and it's like yo we were doing so good though Mm -hmm. and so like when i'm looking at people that are like no no no, i don't need anything like that i'm like yeah you do because of the community like there is nothing like people that are healing together the people that i did recovery with are the people that are supporting my business they're the people that are in my group right now they're the people that i call when i'm struggling they're the people who see me in a moment that might be triggering and they know before anybody else in the room because they know me Mm. and they know my heart and they know my past they know my struggles and then they can send me a text mid-meeting like yo you good And I'm like, no, I'm not good. Say a quick prayer because I'm about to lose it. (laughs) But they get it because Mm -hmm. they know the journey, right? And so many of us, like me and Keith, we're we're so used to not saying the things that we're struggling with, even to our spouses. So we struggle in silence. We get divorced and people don't even know why. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then you're like, I don't know why I got divorced five times. It's like, okay, well, maybe let's talk about it in a place where it's safe. That's the whole point, mm-hmm. you know? And so, like, I find that people often, you know, shy away from experiences like this because they're scared. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely understand that. I absolutely understand that because it feels safe to hide, tug, and, and yeah. stuff emotions. Yeah. But everyone around you knows that something is going on. Mm. You know that they something is going it. on. They can feel it. The people who are around you, they have to experience your traumas every day. And simply out of love. I went to recovery because I wanted my children to have the mom that they deserved. I want them to still have the mom that they deserve. I am not there, quote unquote, right? I still have moments where I'm frustrated with them. I still have moments where I yell at them when they didn't deserve it. But I see it now, which is huge. I can talk to them about it now. I can apologize to them now and say, you know what? Mommy's human. My kids, they are absolute magical because our whole family, except for Keith, we all have ADHD. There is so much energy in our house. It is absolutely next level. My kids, they are so emotionally present though that when I'm having a bad day, my son will come to me. Mommy, are you okay? What's going on? Do you want to talk about it? Well, what... How how good was your day? Was it 100% or was it like 70%? Well, what was the 30%? Do you want to talk about that? And I'm looking at these kids like, seriously? 
but they've been a part of the whole journey. Like, this is this right here is breaking generational trauma. Mm -hmm. Like, our kids, they don't know the things that we had to experience growing up because they are getting the healed versions of Mm -hmm. their parents. Mm -hmm. That that is a gift. That is a gift. And they they get Mm -hmm. to know me. My mom died before my first son was born. And one of the things that I regret that still breaks my heart is that I never got to know her like this. Mm. I didn't have the conversations with her about what her traumas were Mm. or get to watch her heal those things. She died still hurting. And that is heartbreaking because on this side of recovery, I know that healing is possible. She didn't know. Which is why... We say, and all made well, you do not have to wait until you hit rock bottom. Nope. You do not have to wait until you hit rock bottom. And something that, you know, I've, ex- ex- what we both experience and what we've seen through seeing other people's lives change is you can live your best life now. Mm-hmm. Like this whole religious concept of let me just trudge through life and I'll die and go to heaven. Like, you can live a better life now. You don't have to wait until you're dead and gone. Like, we were meant to live a better relational life with other human beings, with our spouses, with our kids. That does require work. That does require work that can be intimidating and uh, sometimes a little scary. But without the vulnerability, without being willing to lose a little bit of that pride and a little bit of that ego, we can't approach that best life now. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just I just want to encourage the listeners, um, where you are at is not where you're meant to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the last piece, you know, of, of our program is own it, voice it, heal it, and then conquer it. And that's my favorite part. Like, like I said, that 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 fighter part of me gets exciting at the idea of conquering. Because I'm like, I was not put in this situation to simply suffer and die. No, no, no. <laughs> I was put in this situation because God knew that I was a hothead that would do exactly what it is that He wanted me to do with this thing, and something needed to be conquered. Yeah. So. I am a voice that will absolutely go to bat for women that are in churches that are misogynistic and crazy. Yeah, I will be that woman to come in and say something about it. Because I'm like, no, we don't need to do that. That's not okay. No, I I had this one guy who asked me to leave a Bible class in order to come into the basement. The... I know. That came into the basement where they were doing youth group because this joker wanted me to put potato chips on a plate. Only women know how to put potato chips on (laughs) a plate. Potato (laughs) chips on a plate. Okay? Listen. These church men who think that women are supposed to be their their perpetual servants forever. Your help meet. Don't start with the help meet. We don't have time for it. We're not talking about church made well today, but let me just say, God knew. (laughs) God knew that Unleashing me was going to create something that was going to impact Mm. someone else's life. Mm. And if it is one person who is in my group whose life has changed, I am so happy with that. Yeah. But right now, there's six. And I am praising God every single day for what I am watching, literally Mm. getting a front row seat of watching what God Mm. is doing in their lives. That is powerful. That is so powerful. 
And so for me, I've, I've always been an artist, right? I tucked that part of me away. Didn't do any art whatsoever in the beginning of our marriage or while I, while we were in college because I didn't have time. I was, you know, doing all the wife stuff and then the mom stuff and didn't have time for art. And so my conquer it was one, creating all made well, because I'm like, look, this needs to be something that other people can grab onto, but also launching my graphic design company because I'm a graphic designer. I've been doing this since I was 14 years old. And I never felt like I had the freedom to do it. Mm -hmm. And God was like, I put that in you for a reason. Mm -hmm. Girl, go do the thing. <laughs> and so conquering it, it's, it's so much bigger than just, you know, overcome the addiction and stop drinking and don't smoke and, you know, conquer the food addiction. Like all of that will come. That's part of the heal it. But the conquer it, that part is where you find that thing, whatever that thing is. And you find it and you slay it to death <laughs> like yeah. and it's that. it's so exciting like i'm obviously i know you can hear it in my voice when you find the concrete it is so exhilarating because it's like this is what it was all for right yeah i don't regret a single moment of the pain that we went through that because i know what god was doing with it yeah. and i'm like thank you i prayed i begged god don't let me hurt in vain do not let me go through this in vain. I will go with you wherever this goes, but use it for something. So watching God do that, I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Can you talk about the programs from your perspective? Because you lead the, the groups separately. Right. You lead a women's group and a men's group, which I like because, again, we can feel a, another yeah. way to feel safe right, right. Yeah. talk about it from your perspective with the men and, and what you're seeing happening through the the me made well that you facilitate with the men so um, my group will be starting in, in June but from my standpoint my journey um, it has been not just about addiction right um, there's this lesson I did a while back. It was called the crossroads. And it's like, you get to a point in recovery where you reach a crossroads where you, you have to decide is just overcoming an addiction, the ultimate goal, mm -hmm. or is it going on a journey with God? Is it, is it being okay to let this addiction fade away? Or is it, do I put my hand in God and go wherever he goes? So our, our choice was, no, I'm, I'm going to go with God um, because you can overcome one addiction and replace it with another. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to just swap idols, right? I want to I put my hand into the, uh, into the true, true God and walk with him. And so that's what it's been about. And, he, and he's led me from uh, misogyny, right? So our journey of – and she talked about being a, a leader in all – uh, and, and celebrate recovery. There was this moment where um, we were sitting at a table, and the the current leader at the time was anointing people and saying he was going to do what and take the next step. I had always been in leadership positions mm -hmm. in my fundamentalist church, and now uh, my wife was chosen to be a leader. And guess who's her helper? Me. <laughs> so I'm like, what? Yeah, Keith, I just figured you could help her and you could do ministry, so I'm the help meet now. What's up with that, man? <laughs> so my ego was trash. 
But that was a moment for God to say, I think you need to heal something. Mm-hmm. I think you think something wrong about leadership. Um, it's not a given. It's not mm-hmm. a right. It's not a privilege. It's something that I put in some people, and everyone can be leaders, but some people just have that natural gift of leadership, and that's a whim. And you can see it. And she comes up with ideals and makes programs and causes things that didn't exist come to existence, right? That's her <laughs> gift. And for me, it was always a right and a privilege. So God had to heal that. And, you know, for for part of me and this program, it is about, yes, let it, let's figure out what are the current pains that we need to heal right now. But beyond our current immediate pains, what is society doing to us as men? What is the church doing to us as men where we feel like we need to fill a hole in a space that maybe we weren't designed to do? And, you know, it's, it's, she talked about it. She was like, you know, Keith, I wanted you to be the leader. I wanted you to step up. And I was like, yeah, but that was more like a title and not like my heart. And, you know, I'm a, by nature, I'm a supportive person. I love a clean house, <laughs> you know, and I, I'll, I'll do things that weren't typically male. Mm-hmm. And I think I want to have a space where men can be authentically who they themselves are meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, because as toxic masculinity, it, it screwed up our world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is my opinion, but we have one politician invading another country because of ego. Yeah. It's toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. And these groups are needed to help men just be human again, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. Um, so that's, that's, how I intend on approaching the subject with the group. I mean, the content is the same, but where we go mm-hmm. kind of more depending on the people in the group. But mm-hmm. yeah. So your group starts in June. June. June what? June. The first week in June. First week in June. Okay. Yeah. And, and if yeah. anyone's listening and they want to join in the group, can they, how can they? Yep. You will go to our website. It's www.allmadewell.com. Um, we have a couple different programs on there. If you click on Me Made Well, all of the information is up at the top, of, in the very top of the uh, top banner. Um, and so if you reach out to us, we'll set up a call um, so that just we can talk, you can get to know us. And I mean, obviously you know all of our business now, but <laughs> <laughs> we can talk to you a little bit mm-hmm. um, and then we'll, we'll get you enrolled in the class. Okay. okay. So women's group is going now. Men's group starts in June. And then there's another. I am um, going to be starting a virtual women's group that's also going to start in June. Same first week in June as well. Okay. Um, and all the enrollment is the same. So still go to the website and set up the call with us. Okay. And then is Marriage Made Well kind of on, on hold for a minute? <laughs> or So Marriage Made Well, it's. Um, you need to go through me, Made Well. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. Me yeah. made okay. well is, is is phase one, basically dealing with the individual issues and then being able to kind of have healthy conversations with your spouse. Um, it it make, it's going to make the transition a lot easier into marriage made well. Um, and so, marriage made well. We are in the process of getting the book published, and so once that is all published and settled, we'll probably be launching that uh, later in the year or early twenty. Uh, 2023. Okay. And, right. the, and the same approach with church made well. Leaders mm-hmm. have to heal themselves right. to lead their their churches through the healing process, mm-hmm. which is the 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 foundation for church made well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I love it. We're gonna take another quick break, and when we come back, I want to hear what what. I want to go beyond all made well and see what else is happening in your world. Cause like I said on the, at the break, you know, it's like, it's so nice to hear your story from where you came and to see you now just really connected. And so I want to know what's next. We're going to go beyond all made well. Keep it right here. Family we will be right back after this. This is full circle. Empowerment through conversation that starts with you. Tell us what topics you want to hear. Drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. And we're back with Miss Wanda, life coach, motivational speaker, and friend of sisters everywhere. This is Full Circle. Family, I am enjoying my conversation with my guests, OM and Keith Ward, founders of All Made Well Recovery Programs and Coaching. If you want more information or if you just want to start following them and just see what they're about, you can follow them on Instagram and Facebook at All Made Well. You can visit their website at allmadewell.com. And you can even see them on TikTok and Twitter at The AMW Coach. Get the information that you need, family, if you want to start a healing journey, you know, if you want to continue on your healing journey, this may be something that you're interested in. So get your information. Again, it's all made well. Um, and it's a 13, 13 week program, 24, 24, 24 week, week program, program um, to just dig into all of the things that you can, you know, that you need to help unearth, but not just helping you unearth, but actually, uh, you know, address and recover and and find healing it is so refreshing i said off the air and i'll say it again on the air to see you all connected to hear your story and to hear from where you came Mm -hmm. to see how you guys came in this morning just you know (laughs) even at the break you know being just very (laughs) affectionate with each other and just really seeing the healing on your faces that Mm -hmm. you're connected that Mm -hmm. you found that this was all worth it mm-hmm. and that you're trusting God through this journey and yeah, I just uh, just I'm just so happy for you and praise God for your healing and Amen. you know I always say on this show there's someone on the other side of your healing right yeah. Absolutely. That you're, you're, like yes. uh, Wim said earlier it's not don't let me go through this just to be going through this like right. use it for your purpose and for your glory and he's yep. using right. that yep. through these programs yeah so what's I mean this I know all made well is still kind of just getting up and going but where do you see it where do you see <laughs> I can tell you where I see it I see it like growing into an international program but that's mm-hmm. just me I you know this is yeah. my little wish yep. for you <laughs> 
But what I you appreciate see? you saying that. I feel like that just had a little God stamp on it. Thank you very much. So, honestly, yeah, I my vision for this is astronomical. Like it really is very large. Um, I I have on my phone a whole bunch of programs that are swarming around in my head of different areas where wellness is needed. Um, the name came from, you know, all of the scriptures where Jesus came into places and, oh, she was made well, and, oh, this was made well, and, oh, her this illness was made well, made well, made well, made well. And I'm like, all made well. God is making everything well. Right. He's capable of making everything well. And so, you know, me made well as an individual program. Marriage made well is for couples. Church made well is for, you know, church communities. But world made well. Woman Ezer made well. Mm. Men made well. Children, parenting mm. made Like, I mean, this could go anywhere. Yeah. And so where this goes, I have absolutely no restraints at on where this goes. Because the biggest lesson that I learned through all of this is that God is really big. Yeah. And he can handle really big things. It started with the little lesson that he taught me. He's like, sweetie, I can handle your big emotions. And so when you're angry, bring it. I got it. He can handle the big emotions. He can handle the big problems. He can handle the big, the everything, right? right. And so all made well, this is... As big as it is in my mind, I know that is nothing but crumbs to God. And that is so exciting to me because who knows? Um, yeah, I absolutely envision it being international. I, I, I have uh, contacts right now that, you know, ultimately at some point may be doing this in Switzerland. So yeah. it might be sooner than we think. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Um, but it's the world needs healing. Right. Right. Absolutely. Every single facet of our world needs healing. I was joking with the kids yesterday. I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if like Trump and Putin did all made well programs? What would the world be like if they were doing a me made well program? And me and the kids, we were like, that would be so amazing. What if Jeff Bezos got a hold of all made well? And he was like, you know what? I'm going to do this program and I'm going to fund it. Like, hey, whatever, wherever God wants us to go, I'm in. Yeah. For me, um, I've been recently writing a book. Um, it's called The Great Deception. Um, and, it, and it talks about the, 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 the fundamental question of is, is a social hierarchy truly God design? Mm. And, and my, my thesis, my whole point in the book is that I call them human subjugation-based authority structures. They're antithetical to the gospel. Um, Preacher words. Yes. <laughs> they are against, they are the foe of the good news that Jesus came to bring. Um, so this, this community that's being made through All Made Well, uh, there's a church that's going to be behind that. Uh, the church is called We Are the Refuge. And this is a very much an egalitarian community-based church built off of the the belief and design of how God made man in the beginning in Genesis that that we were equal that we were both made in the image of God that we both had equal value and purpose and role working in tandem to take care of God's creation mm -hmm. um, and most recently through my research 
um, for writing the book, I found out that the Quakers, you know, they had the same type of egalitarian type of lifestyle. There was no authority structure in that community. And these types of communities have existed throughout history, but they're always persecuted because human beings, male in particular, we love our hierarchies because that's how we get power. That's how uh, we get that need to control. Um, and when you try to when you try to dismantle that, I guess that's the key word these days. When you try to dismantle those hierarchies, when you try to you know, the, the envision in my head is taking a chainsaw through a ladder and just mm. cutting through the rungs. It's like when you when you get rid of that ladder, uh, it gets rid of people's power and authority and, and position. But what it does is it allows people to experience healing in the human community. Yeah. And that's what we need. And so between All Made Well, We Are the Refuge and the Great, De- uh, great Deception, Uh, The goal is to get a gospel out to the community that says, no, you were always valuable. Mm -hmm. And just because you're at the intersection of being black and being a woman does not mean that you carry less value than the white man that sits in the ivory tower. Uh, Society tells us that. Uh, Maybe even people around us tell us that. But that's not God's message. And my my firm voice for the for the future of All Made Well and for this church is to help people understand the right, the more clear, the most sober version of God, one mm-hmm. who loves us, invites us into a community, and wants to destroy all the sources of oppression that most churches uphold. Mm-hmm. So, is wow. that kind of to the basis of the church made well? Yeah, that, that'll be the feel behind it. Um, but really just, you know, bringing an egalitarian approach to Christianity uh, mixed in with healing. When, when Jesus went around and people talk about he's the Savior and he saves, that word for save, getting to the etymology uh-huh. of it, is about healing and being made whole. He didn't. He didn't do that through his crucifixion on the cross. He did that as he healed people and touched them and made them well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, ultimately, that's what the church is designed to do, to right. go into the darkest places in this world and make, make things, things well. well. <laughs> not be on the side of the oppressor saying, go at it. Not, not enforcing slavery, not enforcing you know, the subjugation of women, but saying, hey, let's make the world the place it was meant to be. Okay. Let's bring the kingdom to earth. Right. And, and that's what all made well, church made well, we are the refuge, all those things are intermixed. Right. And so like the, one of the things that I hope to do, and, and I won't go too far down this because that's not what we're going to talk about today, but with Church Made Well, we want to bring a healing culture into the church, right? right? Like when I, 
I remember when I first got baptized, I, I had in my head that like being a member of the church was going to be like being a part of the coolest fraternity sorority. Like, this is my squad. These are my people. Mm-hmm. I'm We're just going to go and change the world and baptize everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And once I got in, it was like, okay, so now don't swear. Don't listen to this music. Don't watch movies that are, you know, more than PG-13. Um, definitely don't have sex. Um, and like just all these lists of things not, not to do, but there wasn't a healing aspect. Mm-hmm. Like nobody ever knew anything about what my childhood was like. Nobody ever asked. Nobody ever knew what I was struggling with in my internal thoughts. Nobody ever asked. Those who did try to say something, they were qu- instantly silenced. And they're like, no, 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 we don't, we, no, no, we don't talk about that. We're not, mm-hmm. no, no. We don't want to know about your drug addiction. Just don't do it. Like, and like there, there was no healing. Yeah. Right. It was just stuff hiding. to do, mm-hmm. or stuff not to do. Mm-hmm. Tons of shame, tons of hiding, but not the healing. And so, when I, I when I started looking at church culture as we were, you know, going through our healing journey, we were both like, "Why doesn't church feel like this? Like this this safe place where we can say anything and still." come back the next week and there's no side eyes there's no oh honey i'm gonna pray for you oh, bless your heart you know you know like the the, the pity prayers yeah. like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we weren't getting that in the re- in the recovery spaces we were getting hugs we were getting you know like people encouraging us like oh it's been a week since you've been they clean were sharing their I, own story praise yeah. god i remember when i was clean for a week and man that was a rough week i got you text me if you need some help and we're <laughs> that first week we were like we can text them on like a Tuesday mm-hmm. our meeting isn't until Friday but they want it to be a part of our life yeah and so that's the culture that we want to bring into church spaces that's yeah. the point of church made well ultimately once a church is made well they're going to start to see the things that they have been teaching wrong they're going to start to see the things that they've been doing, the hierarchies and how that has impacted their members, especially as their members are now in a circle with them and they're crying about, you know, all of the traumatic experiences they've had with toxic masculinity. It's like, oh, crap, I've done that. Mm-hmm. Right. Ouch, that's bad. And so, like, you know, when you're healing internally, when you're healing in community internally, you start to see yourself right. clearly. Yeah. And then God changes things. And so that's why church made well, again, begins with me made well. You gotta look inside first yeah. in every single realm. You gotta look inside first. You remember your favorite Psalm 139? David's talking about <laughs> kill the infidels, <laughs> destroy them. And then he gets to the uh-huh. end, he's like, but search me, yep. God, search yep. my heart, yeah. find anything wrong, and then lead me in the way of everything. Exactly. And that's me may well. It's like you, Gandhi said it. It's like you you get people, you have them sit down, listen to each other, and you change the world. Exactly. And, you you know, you become the change that you want to see in the world. But it's not as impactful when it's just one person. But when you have an entire community that is willing Mm -hmm. to do that, you can literally change the world. Absolutely. Great words to close on. Family, this has been another episode of Full Circle. I want to thank my guests, Oem and Keith Keith Ward, founders of All Made Well Recovery Programs and Coaching. If you want more information, visit their website at All Made Well. Man. 
My tongue needs to be made well right now. <laughs> com. Follow them on social media at All Made Well on Instagram and Facebook and on TikTok and Twitter, the AMW Coach. Thank you so much for listening. Show love to everyone you meet, family. I'll see you next week. Peace. This has been Full Circle. Follow our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5.